0: that focuses on big data, analytics, and the latest trends in the digital world. This is Samir Khan, and I'm the only host today, unfortunately. My co-host, Jeremy, had to take an emergency flight, so he was not able to make it. But it's a really exciting day today for the Analytics uh, Today podcast because we have another exciting guest. Uh, we have Yoav Schwartz from Uberflip. Welcome, Yoav the call.
1: Thank you very much. Glad to be here.
0: Awesome. Exciting. Uh, I know we talked to Randy uh, in the last podcast, and this was all about like his view on what Uberflip does and uh, what do you guys do as a company and his vision for the company from a creative side of things. Uh, what's also interesting that he was talking about how uh, you, Yoav, uh, bring a different set of skills, and then how you guys kind of mix match your skills together to build this awesome company called Uberflip. Uh, so I'm going to go a little bit more uh, background on you personally, and then we can uh, kind of let uh, open the call for you to talk about more details, your your vision and mission. Uh, sure. So uh, Yoav is a co-founder and CEO of Uberflip, and was responsible for driving the mission, vision, and the goals of the company. Uh, He apparently has been a founder and co-founder and advisor in many different companies, including Magazine, Better and Bright Info. Uh, Your passion is in product. Uh, Aside from usual daily duties that comes with being CEO, he spends a considerable amount of time with the engineering team and constantly looking for the next golden nugget that will delight Uberflip's customer success. So again, welcome to the call. Uh, What I would like to do is I would like to start by having you get a little bit more introduction to your exciting journey as being the co-founder and advisor, now the CEO of Uberflip.
1: Sure. Yeah. So, you know, a little bit of background about me. Um... Always, uh, you know, grown up, growing up, I was always into uh, design. It was the first had the first version of Photoshop on my computer, you know, back when they were on floppy disks, on eight floppy disks. If you can think back that far. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, and and I really like honed my skill and my love for computers at that time. Um, you know, through those types of programs, I learned Flash at an early age, and you know, was was doing a lot of stuff there. Um and then of course when the web started to sprout I, I I fell in love with web design it was uh it was a natural uh, interest and I matched that with a degree in computer science from uh uh which is what I studied in university and coming out of university I really had you know both a design and now an uh software engineering background which I combined and applied to you know more sophisticated web application development which I actually cut my teeth in my own family's businesses. Um my parents were both entrepreneurs. Um the very brick brick and mortar type businesses and that's really where Randy and I have a lot of uh similarities. I uh, but really got to cut my teeth there and eventually had the opportunity to start what was magazines and uh one thing led to another, met with Randy, we started Uber Flip and uh the rest is history.
0: That's fantastic. So that's very interesting in, in talking to uh, as I was mentioning earlier so Randy Frisk, he brings a very creative side to the company and he talks a lot about story, uh, building the right talent, uh, developing the creative mindset and allowing the content to be able to generate new experiences. Uh, and then he kind of mentioned to me that uh, you, know, you personally uh, look at the technical side of things and you bring them all. So how does that mix and match works out? I, I will, I'm, I'm always curious to like know like really good partnership and founders working together so enlighten us on that
1: sure um yeah i mean it, you know randy is extremely creative um incredible storyteller uh, i'm equally creative but uh different right i can't tell a story like randy he can't uh create something as visual uh, or you know as a product um so that's really where where our, where our uh, combined creativity really take off uh, but you know we also have very different management styles we have uh, different approaches to problems. We have different strengths in general, um, which is really beneficial because we, you know, over the years have really learned off uh, from one another. Uh, and those differences have really paid off because, you know, the reality is no one can, no one person is is going to be skilled at everything. To have uh, to have a combination like us, you almost want to have a lot of differences between uh, co-founders. But one thing that we do share our values We have very similar values and I think like like any marriage because being a co-founder of someone I, I probably see Randy more than I see my own wife. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's very important that you share values. So the, the way in which we want to run a business, the way in which we care about creating an incredible culture um, and you know treating culture as number one, I mean, if, if, if one of us didn't feel that way, it would be, a, it would be very stressful in the relationship. So um, as much as we have different skill sets when it comes to business, we have very similar interests and, and, uh, and as I said, um, a focus on, on values.
0: So what kind of sparked you, like all of a sudden one day deciding to uh, you know, start this company and co-founding with Randy? Like what was the background?
1: So I had started a, pre- a company before this called Magazines and the idea there was to bring you know digital versions of magazines online. And that soft that 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 company tanked you know, terribly but uh, what we were left with was this really cool technology which helped take you know a boring PDF and turn it into this really exciting um uh page flipping experience on the web with metrics that told you how deep people are getting into a document. Like, that was pretty cool. Um, but it was very much geared towards media publishers. And around that time is when I realized, hey, you know what? I need help. Uh, I There's something here, but this isn't it. Um, and a really close mutual friend of ours said, hey, you know what? Randy's just getting out of another business. I know you're looking for a business partner. He's looking to get into tech. He's never been in tech. Why don't you guys meet? And the funny thing is, Randy and I actually knew each other. I was friends with his wife. I'd already been to his wedding. I just didn't really know him. Um, (laughs) which is funny. So we ended up getting together for a coffee and literally two weeks later, we started working together. And, uh, that was almost eight years ago.
0: Oh my God. That's, that's pretty amazing. So the
1: first thing we did was we took, we said, all right, well, where can we apply this tech? So we wrote out all these different, um, you know, different verticals, different areas we could apply, um, this technology, which would help anybody convert a boring document into something exciting with, with feedback. And we both instantly gravitated towards marketing because I had a background in marketing. He had a background in marketing. Those are the type of people we wanted to work with. We both had bad experience with people we didn't want to work with. So it was a pretty natural choice. Um, and you know, really from day one, the, the mission was, how do we help marketers create? great experiences online and give them metrics to understand what's working and that naturally evolved into what we do today which is how do we help marketers with all their content and not just understand what people are viewing but help them generate more leads help them get uh, content in front of their sales teams so their sales teams are, are continuing conversations with content uh, and you know so it's, it's really nice to think that as much as we would never would have guessed this path you look at the very starting point and the messaging was really similar to where we are today
0: so that's fantastic. And it's it's interesting that you mentioned that I just actually finished a demo with your team about an hour ago uh, as we we're looking into Uberflip for the company where I work for. Uh, so uh, I think, you know, from you, uh, from your side and a more technical side of things, I would like to uh, discuss more along the lines of technology. So how is Uberflip technology different or how would you consider it different from other, you know, gazillion content marketing providers?
1: Sure. So. Yeah. So, you know, off the bat there, you, you mentioned content marketing. That's, that's one of the troubles with, uh, with the buzzwords of content marketing, because the reality is the first software companies that came on the scene to say, Hey, we're content marketing software. They were the newscreds, the compost. Those are all really amazing companies. We call them our friends. Um, but essentially they're helping with content creation, whether it's workflow software or it's a, it's a marketplace to acquire content. Um, that was the first problem of content marketing, which was how do we actually, how do we actually make this stuff? Um, but the problem that we solve is the one that we foresaw was that once you start making content and you create this machine to constantly create more and more content, eventually you run into a problem where you don't actually know how to util- utilize it. And the software that's available to mar- uh, marketers to actually put content on the web to generate experiences. I mean, they're pretty much limited to either WordPress or some in-house system that they're, that they're, that their team built. Or maybe they rely on a digital agency which spins up their website. But the difference between a website and your content experiences is your website only gets updated like once every six months. It's pretty static and it really doesn't have that many pages. But with content, you have your blogs, you have your videos, you have your white papers, social. Um it's this ever-growing library, and the marketer needs to feel like they actually control those experiences, are able to spin them up, are able to change them effectively all that without requiring to go to their web team, without requiring to go to their agencies. And that is the gap that we fill. We actually empower the marketer um, to do all these things on a day-to-day basis. Because if you think about even something like Adobe Experience Manager, Adobe builds some of the best software in the world. But if you think about who it's geared for, it's either geared for the designers, right? The, the Photoshops, illustrators, or they're geared towards really technical web teams, right? They're the really sophisticated website management tools. Nothing is actually built directly for the marketer to use, to use day in, day out. And that's what we're solving for. We're giving tools that the marketers log into. They create the experiences. They manage the the output. They measure how their visitors are interacting and they can measure and, and create experiences for every stage of the buyer journey, which in reality is we don't really have any competitors um, in our space that do what we do. We're really competing with the status quo of marketers just so being used to the existing tools that are available to put stuff on the web.
0: Uh, so that's interesting you bring bring that point up. Let's take a notch level more deeper and talk about uh, some of the core capability. Like one of the things that uh, that I learned was the artificial intelligence capabilities and the fact that you guys are using data science to drive your uh, your engine. Uh, what, how does that work? Like What exactly... Are the benefits of using artificial intelligence for content uh, marketing or syndication? And then, w- what's the background looks like for it? Sure.
1: So, if you think about what we do, what we're really trying to help marketers do is we're giving marketers the tools to create the the experiences of content that their visitors are going to go to and consume the content. So, you know, when you land on someone's uh, resource center or their blog or um, you know a, a stream of content. I mean, that's the user experience. And if that sucks, it doesn't matter how good the video is or how great the article is. You're not going to read it. You're not going to watch it. Um, so it's all about creating a relevant content experience. Now with UberFlip, you know, up until we introduced AI, it was very much on the marketer to figure out who that audience was going to be. So if, uh, if a marketer is, is targeting five different personas, okay, that's, that's reasonable. They can take from their library of content and figure out which pieces of content would resonate with each, with each persona. But as we're moving into more um, of an ABM mindset, right, where you have to create content that an account might be interested in, the reality is there could be 10s, 20 people from that company that are going to look at that content. How do you surface the absolute right piece for that one individual that just showed up on this um, this content experience that you spun up for GE or Deloitte? Um, you know, that's where we're using AI is to... Uh, first, figure out the intent of that visitor. So we have this deep partnership with a company called Babora, which has a footprint across the entire web and is uh, using machine learning to understand what topics different web pages are about so that when a visitor hits that web page, even outside of an Uber Flip experience, uh, they're figuring out what topics that person is interested in. So by the time that they come to an Uber Flip powered experience, we already know something about them. We know what topic they might be interested in. And we've also mapped all those topics to the content within, within an Uberflip uh, user's account. So be able, being able to create that match gives us a leg up to automatically take content from a pool that a marketer has specified and surface up the top one, two, three, five pieces of content that are going to be relevant to that specific person. And that's a huge advantage for a marketer that has this incredibly constantly growing library of content equally growing responsibility to market that content and now has to deal with all these different stages of personalization, right? It's no longer just inbound where, hey, let's put it all out there and and generate inbound leads. Now, you know, we're talking about flipping the funnel where you're you're going after very specific accounts with very specific people, but you can't always know who's going to be the person to, to consume that content. So you need assistance. You need that artificial intelligence to bump up the most relevant pieces of content.
0: So that's like an e harmony for content marketing, isn't it? Like, you know, you, how e harmony collects on the dating side, collects a whole bunch of information about individuals and does some magic in the back end and probably more hardcore data science and artificial intelligence to connect the right individuals with the right partner. So what you guys are doing is very similar. It seems like very similar to that, like you're using Bambora on one side and you're pulling all the intent data from them and trying to establish a connectivity with the right uh, right target market or the account? Is that is that the right way to put it?
1: Yeah, that's actually an interesting analogy. I like that. Um, yeah, absolutely. We're, we're we're trying to, you know, one thing we didn't want to do with Uber Flip AI is make it something that the marketer turns on and says, all right, I'm done. I got the AI. They're going to do everything for me.
0: Because the reality
1: is that's never going to work and a marketer doesn't want to give up all the control. It was really about how do we combi- combine the uh, art and science of content marketing. So, On one hand, you have the marketer who's saying, "All right, for this account, I know that you know. I I know what type of business they are. I know what they're generally interested in. So here's 20 pieces of content that generally will apply to people from this company." But you know, that's the marketer setting uh, a boundary. Then AI does the rest and says, "All right, we're going to match within these 20." So you know, it's it's one thing to say, "All right, I have thousands of assets. AI, go figure out what to you know those perfect matches." Um, but we're we're allowing the marketer to set the boundaries and actually use the AI engine as an assistant rather than the other way around.
0: So that that get yeah that's like uh, I'm like all about using the data to do the right thing and drive right experiences. So when you start talking about how you're using the data from third party data sources and delivering the right experiences, like one of the things that I always think about when targeting the customer, specifically targeting accounts, like what would be that person interested in in the buying cycle so how do you guys uh you know there's one thing about taking the data and matching it with the existing content you guys have but there's completely different set of things that i may be interested in when i'm looking at the industry like how do you guys try to figure that piece out like what what's the magic behind that
1: trying to figure out the separation between what an individual is interested in and what what they're interested in in the context of their their business is that the question
0: context of their business and also what so there's one piece of like i have x amount of content in my repository right now right Mm -hmm. and then bambora is telling me that this individual is interested in xyz content i may or may not have that content in my repository but for those cases does uberflip provides them extra intelligence? like hey you may want to go build this content or there's a different way to do that
1: yeah so one so actually the first thing we did was we We created what we call the spider graph, which actually shows you um, an overlay of the topics of your content and the topics of the visitors you're getting and showing you the intersect there. And, you know, in a perfect world, the topics and your content are are in perfect alignment. But often we've found these crazy spikes where you'll have people coming in and they're interested in a totally different topic that you have absolutely no coverage on from content. And you as a marketer can then make the decision, Hey, you know what? Um, we recognize that, but we, that's not an area that, that we want to actually pursue. So what we realize is we have to figure out how to drive the right traffic to us, or you may come to the exact opposite realization is, Oh man, we got to, we got to go create that content. We, you know, it's exactly what we want people searching for. We didn't think about it. You know, now we have the data that shows that's what they're coming for and we don't have anything to feed them. Um, so, you know, both of those scenarios are really, really vital to the marketer. Now, at the same time, some interesting things happen when when you're tracking intent topics. You have to realize that people working at a company are just like you and me, right? We're consumers, so maybe we're shopping for Christmas toys, right? Um, and maybe all of a sudden we're interested in uh, LOL dolls. So if that shows up as a topic, um, you know, you don't necessarily want to, you know, you look for content to satisfy that unless you're, you know, like a toy company. But uh, Point being is what we're also looking at and, and an area we're moving into is leveraging Bambora's surge data, which is really exciting because basically they're able to, on an account basis, like for a domain, look at all the important topics on the, of the people who work there. So then what we can do is say, all right, the person's come in, there's five topics we see that they're interested in, um, but of those five, three are also in their company's surge data. Now we know which three we should actually target. Um, so that kind of fixes that problem of like how do we differentiate between personal interests and uh and professional interests
0: so that 's very interesting because uh i I think uh when you start talking about this and at the back of the head i 'm thinking uh, this is sort of game changing right especially for the teams that are working on producing content there 's always a challenge like, hey what should I write about what should what are my users really care about? So what you guys are doing you're kind of flipping that whole set of uh, argument, you're providing the exact data on what users really should be uh, caring about and what you
1: should write about. So that, in my view, that's like game changing. Yeah. You know what? I, I, I obviously agree <laughs> bias, but I agree. Um, you know what, what we found where the best alternatives the marketers would have for those kind of signals is to use tools like, I don't know, Sumo, something like that, where you could try to, uh, guess who your audience is and what topics they might be interested in based on social activity. But at the end of the day, you're guessing. It's not. It's not your actual audience. Um, where we're providing you insights, at your actual people that are coming to your content experiences, what are they interested in, and how successful are you at providing them what they're interested in? And the metrics is a huge component of that. Being able to see that you know you have a lift in. Uh, whether it's depending on what you're interested in, whether it's just engagement. So you want to see more views or you want to see that you're generating more leads from the content. Being able to see that lift, um, you know, is paramount to say, hey, you know what? My efforts are actually working, which is paramount to being able to say, hey, I can go ask for more budget to make more content. And, and there was really completing that content marketing cycle.
0: Yeah, you talked about metrics. And when I was looking at the metrics uh, in the demo, and I really liked that you guys came up with the content score, and it kind of rates one content versus the other uh, and, and ranks them in the order not only from a you know s- simple ranking system, but also takes into consideration a wide variety of metrics like engagement rate, visits, uh, call to action, conversion, all of that. Uh, how, how do you guys came up with this idea of having a content score?
1: Yeah, it was. It was. You know, we we kind of created a problem when we created Uberclip, which was all right. Now we're giving you visual access to all your content, um, and you know, we're giving you all these metrics, and you can go digging into them, and you know, there's a treasure trove of information there. But if you just want a quick glance as to how your content is working, um, you know, how do we provide that? So we came up with the concept of the content score to do just that. It's On the one hand, we tell you overall how your content's performing. It's on a scale of zero to a hundred. Um, and what that's really derived from is how each piece of content is performing from a, uh, from six different avenues. We look at, we actually use the number of page views to that piece of content as just a baseline. So everything is compared to how much content, how many views it got. So whether it got a million views or a thousand views, it's treated equally up to a certain point. If it's only gotten 10 views, we don't really look at it. Um, and then what we compare that views to is, well, for the number of views, how many of those views were landing visits? How many people came specifically to that piece of content versus stumbling upon it once they were already here? Um, so how did, how good was it with driving traffic to your actual experience? The other thing we look at is conversions. You know, how many people actually filled out a form while they were on this piece of content? Whether it was a, a gate when you gated premium content or it was a soft gate that kind of popped up after 30 seconds or, or if it was a side gate, that just kind of sits on the side the whole time. So the conversion rate there is important. And we also look at something called assists, which is, you know, somebody didn't convert on this piece of content, but this piece of content drove them to look at another piece of content that they did convert on. So, you know, this this original piece gets an assist. We also look at shares. We look at all the typical things you'd expect. And then all that gets, you know, fine-tuned to create this score out of 100, which then you can quickly see at a glance um, by by an order. And that gives you quick access to say, Hey, you know what? I see a pattern here. Our top performing content is always webinars or, you know, it's always on this specific topic. Um, or it gives you quick, uh, quick insights into what you should be syndicating, uh, through paid, paid advertising. Uh, so all those little signals are really beneficial when we can really just cook everything up to the top and show you at a high level how your content is performing.
0: That's great. Uh, do you guys also compare, uh, like benchmarks between the industry in, in an anonymized way. So to say like, is my content for my industry is better than the others or not?
1: Yeah, that's, that's interesting. So that's actually something we are were, we're working on. We have those benchmarks. It's really internal at this point, but we are looking at how we can productize that and expose it to our customers right inside the product.
0: Oh, very cool. That's actually is a segue to my next topic, which I was going to ask you is what is the next evolution for artificial intelligence and data science to help content marketers? <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, our first iteration was all about the end user, right? The end user getting content recommendations, um, whether it's on a content experience that Uberflip is powering or even on the corporate website that's on WordPress or wherever it might be, being able to cook Uberflip in as a widget uh, that drives traffic to that uh, content experience. Um, so that that was our first iteration. The next iteration is actually going to help the marketer. Um, so right within the application, if you are creating a stream of content for an account like you know, Deloitte or wherever it might be uh, to actually have AI assistance in the app to say, hey, here's the 10 pieces of content we recommend you add to this stream in the first place. Um, it's kind of like solving the problem before, you know, solving the AI problem before you have it. Um, and then finally, it's also about extending beyond marketing and helping sales reps when they are creating a stream of content for a prospect they're about to email uh, actually, having that recommend to them, hey, we know who you're emailing. Uh, we understand you know what their intent topics are. We understand what the search topics are on that on this company. Here is the content that they haven't consumed yet that will probably get them uh, to engage further. So why don't you package this up for them? And making that all super simple, it's all using the same engine in different applications.
0: Yeah, I like the part where uh, one of the challenge that we internally faces is we try to Put together an email on a weekly basis and send it to our sales team so they can see what types of content marketing has been produced. What I really liked about Uberflip was the ability to create those experiences on, in a very short time and then customizes by account. Uh, so that so I, I I like that. So specifically for that feature, like is there a way that you guys are thinking about sort of integrating to uh, you know field prospecting solutions uh, or software so it automates the
1: whole whole thing? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we're we're we have a lot of partners now, um, and we're considering building out SDKs to help um, partners and companies really automate a lot of this. Like, if you're if you're using a predictive analytics comp, uh, tool and they're saying, hey, you should go after these 50 accounts, right? That's a pretty manual process to go through each account and be like, all right, I'm going to create an experience for them. Even though we've made it super simple, that's still, you know, you have a scale problem there. You got to do 50 of them. Um, so that's a problem that we're trying to solve now is, you know, import your list and automatically create those experiences, have them branded to that company by pulling their logo and their color, pull the, the right pieces of content for that, for that company and build those 50 experiences with a click of a button. And those are the types of areas that we're now exposing ourselves to because we've invested so heavily in the platform and in our APIs, uh, to actually be able to do those kinds of things. So 2018 is looking pretty bright.
0: That's pretty powerful. As a matter of fact, one of the things that I was going to ask, like what should uh, what should people expect from Uber Flip in twenty eighteen?
1: Yeah, so that, that's a that's a big one. I mean, AI is gonna be a huge focus. Uh we're gonna continue pressing on Uber Flip for sales, uh helping bridge that gap between uh, marketing and sales, um, which is a really, really important one. Uh and really, I mean, we're focusing on our on our core. We've really built something special here and platforms, um, you know, to be a true platform. Uh, it's all about the partnerships. And we went from zero to 25 partners, partners this past year. Now we continue to continue adding uh, partners to our ecosystem um, because then everyone wins, right? Uh, we are able to expand the capabilities of Uberflip, more exposure, um, and you know, unveil new creative ways to use our platform. So, we're pretty excited about 2018.
0: That's fantastic. I think you shared a lot of uh, great information, Joav, and I I really appreciate it. Uh, anything else that you would like to talk about how to, uh, specific to your journey or content or Uber flip before we start uh, closing the podcast?
1: Uh, no, I mean, I'm sure I'm happy to answer any other questions if you have any. Uh,
0: those are pretty much the questions that I had. One thing that always keeps come to my mind, like I think uh, it's just fascinating thing you guys have built out there uh, in Uber flip uh, between uh, you and your team. Uh, what so especially like solving the challenge, like what advice would you give to someone who is looking to start a company uh and you know, found a company and take it to the next level?
1: Yeah, I mean it's always uh you know, there's so many different answers to that question. Um, but you know, I can tell you if you're if you're planning on building a marketing technology, uh there is obviously so much noise in the market. Uh and I think a big reason for that is uh you know, there are unlike the sales technology ecosystem where salesforce really created the only uh you know the, the only solution to integrate with in marketing on the other hand you have all these different competing uh, marketing automation platforms that are really pretty much equalized at this point um, so as a mar- as a marketing technology you, it's all about the integration it's all about how much you can integrate with the you know the big marketing automation platforms with all the different technologies that exist, and you know, the only ones that are going to win are the ones that really look at integrations as the absolute critical uh, piece of their of their puzzle. Obviously, you have to solve an important problem, but you can't do it on an island. You have to integrate deeply with the other technologies. So, I think recognizing that before you start is important, so that you don't it doesn't catch up to you like a year or two in. Yeah,
0: that's fantastic. So, there you go. We have. Uh... This great uh, discussion that we had with Yoav Schwartz, uh, the co-founder and CEO at Uberflip. Again, uh, please listen to the last podcast that we did with Randy Frisk, uh, another co-founder of Uberflip. I think they brought to table two different perspectives of how Uberflip helps content marketers and marketers in general solve their uh, content distribution, syndication, and storytelling problems. Uh, If you want to know more about this call and want to know more details, please make sure you go to our podcast site, which is analyticstodaypodcast.com. As always, we look forward to your feedback, your reviews, uh, and feel free to reach out to us if you have any recommendation on who should be interviewing next. Um, So thank you so much, you all, for being with us. Uh, I really appreciate your time.
1: Thank you. It's great being here. Appreciate it.